that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Press Virginia, Les Virginia, take me home. Country roads. There's the intro for today, Trevor, since you wouldn't play the new one. You've been you've been waiting to do that since yesterday, haven't you? Actually, we, for some reason, my roommate tonight in college really liked that song and played a lot, and uh, so we were we were singing it last night. You got to give love to John Denver. You know, John Denver is the only musical artist I know of that has not one but two song different songs represented by two different states, both West Virginia and Colorado. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I do know that, but. Uh, what a domination. Press Virginia, not so much. The Cats cruise to the Elite Eight, beating the Mountaineers by 39 points. Not a good day to be named Daxter. Uh, and what a, a, an embarrassing showing for him. He hides in the locker room and doesn't come out to speak to the media. And then when he does, he goes all Marshawn Lynch, despite not being, you know, one of the best players in the NFL, not being one of the best players in college basketball, not being one of the best players on his team, and basically was just scared to face the media, scared to face his bold prediction. Uh, really blew up in his face. Caps looked unbelievable. What a win for for Kentucky. That I. I I told you all week I was so confident that Kentucky was going to win that game. Now, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a little bit closer. Obviously, nobody predicted that it would be a 39-point stomping. But all week, Trevor, I, I was uh, yesterday I was saying it was strange that I was so confident, uh, that I, it was making me almost nervous how confident I was. It's just, first off, West Virginia's a bad offensive team. You don't beat Kentucky if you're a bad offensive team. Two, they were their their style of play. The what made them who they were, what made them good, what got them a five seed, what what made them competitive in the Big Twelve, just didn't work. wasn't going to work against Kentucky. We knew that all week. You can't press a team that has good ball handlers and huge monsters of forwards and centers, some of which can bring the ball up the floor. Wasn't going to work. Their press is good. It works against 95% of teams. But against that 5%, it's going to make you look silly. And Kentucky did that. I compared it to, I was talking to my girlfriend after the game and said, it's like, Hannah, if you you or somebody or even me, if I, and I, I like to cook a little bit, but I'm not very good at it. But if somebody thinks they're a good cook and, and likes to cook at home and try new recipes, and, and get kind of crazy with uh, some of their dishes. They like to do it. It's fun. Everybody enjoys their cooking. The family's never uh, never upset with their meals. But then all of a sudden, you, you get put in a, a, a cooking competition. And then you're going to look silly because you're going against the best, and you kind of just cook for fun. West Virginia is kind of pressed for, for fun against less teams that, that couldn't really do anything, didn't know better. Kentucky's the top competition didn't work against them. And as you have it, they go on to 37 and 0 
78 to 39. We're going to talk about that game. We're going to preview ahead. It's going to be a short show today. I appreciate you all being patient and listening at the new time. Although I know there's going to be plenty of people that are going to tune in at 4 o'clock and have no idea what's going on. Uh, Louisville has a baseball game today, so that's why we're doing three. But it was better to get some show in today, Trevor, than no show at all. Yeah, and I couldn't agree, and I can agree more with that and with the, what your kind of assessment of that game. You can't be – I wouldn't say you couldn't press Kentucky, but you can't press Kentucky if you can't score. And West Virginia can't score. And Notre Dame is well, a better offensive team, but – and I, and I agree, and I'm saying just pressing them is they're going to burn you just because you press them. I think you can speed up Kentucky. Anybody can be sped up if you know how to do it right. West Virginia just went into it thinking, oh, we're going to we're going to press you. We're going to make we're just going to play up and down, and we're going to we're going to try to score with you. But they can't score, and this it was a utter beatdown. And I think you and me both feel almost silly that we thought West Virginia might score in the fifties, and, and and they yeah. probably wouldn't even score thirty nine if Kentucky didn't pull the brakes off or pull their foot off the gas with ten minutes to play. Yeah, I think it was 10 minutes to go in the game, and they had 18 points, and I was sitting there thinking, they don't even have 20 points yet in this game. They've played 30 minutes of basketball, and they don't have 20 points. And then, yeah, like you said, Kentucky just took their foot off their throats and allowed them to score. And you bring up a good point. I shouldn't say that you can't press Kentucky, because you can, and and you've seen teams do before. Arkansas had a a little success, I guess. Louisville did an okay job. But the thing about Arkansas and the thing about Louisville is they didn't rely on that press to propel their scoring. Yeah. West Virginia, that's how they score, is by turning you over on the press and scoring. That's yep. how they score because they're such a bad offensive team. They rely on turnovers to win them games. And if you go into a game like that where you have to hope that Kentucky messes up in that sense, and when Kentucky's had a week to prepare for it, there's no, you know, obviously they were going to get burnt. And you you can't just pressure every possession of the game. Then you will get destroyed by Kentucky. The pressure will be irrelevant. You got to pick and choose your battles when you pre- when, when you're going to press Kentucky and know when to try to just not even just press them, but just speed them up. If anything, it, I, it's the, the common misconception that when you press, you're going to force turnovers, you're going to trap, you're going to do this. That's not even half of what pressing does. If you can press and just speed them up, even if it's just a token man to man press. That it speeds them up, the guards and the Harrisons up the court a little quicker and puts them in their offense quicker and they're more comfortable. Then you can do that. But West Virginia, that's not West Virginia style. They want to go hectic and up and down, and as you kind of mentioned, the 40 minutes of hell like Arkansas style. And if you're going to do that, then you better sure as hell have a guy or at least one or two guys that can knock down threes and be a 20, 25 point style score to keep you in the game when you're not getting points from everybody else. And they not only do they not have that, they don't have a team that could barely score 25 points. No, they, they they certainly don't, and uh, just a, a domination of a game, and, and they, they took everybody out of their groove on West Virginia. Nobody was comfortable. Nobody was in rhythm. Even the open shots they looked, or even the open shots they had, they looked uncomfortable. They looked nervous. They looked, they looked around to see if a Kentucky defender was anywhere near them, uh, just completely out of sync, and, and that's what Kentucky's defense can do to you, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this game, and we're going to obviously preview ahead to Notre Dame. Notre Dame will be a much, much tougher matchup for Kentucky. I still think it's a game Kentucky will win. It'll be a game that, spoiler alert, that I'm going to pre- predict Kentucky to win. But this will be a much better matchup. Uh, to beat Kentucky, you've got to be able to score. West Virginia couldn't score. Cincinnati couldn't score. Uh, and the road up to this point has been relatively uh, easy for Kentucky. That will change with Notre Dame. Now, I, Notre Dame, I, I think they 
they're going to struggle with size, especially with interior scoring. They were able to beat Duke two out of three times, but one game at, 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 at Duke, they ended up losing by 30. They were lucky to win the game in South Bend, and then Duke looked a little fatigued, a little tired in the ACC tournament. Not that that's an excuse. Those, to beat Duke two out of three times is very impressive, especially when they have one of the nation's top interior scorers in Jaleel Okafor, if not the best. He probably is. But Duke really has Okafor in terms of size, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of their guards. They're, they're, I just, I just still have not been sold on the consistency of Cook and. Uh, and I'm drawing a, a brain fart on the other guy. Uh, Tyus Jones. Yes, thank you, Tyus Jones. Yes, those are freshmen. I, I'm, I'm not saying they're not. I, I don't. Not impressed with them, but something, something just tells me just they will be the downfall in a clutch moment, and it could be tonight because Utah, I think, can be a scary team for 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 Duke tonight. I, I don't at all. We'll talk more about the other Sweet 16 games. Duke a five-point favorite. I feel great, great about Duke covering that. Really? That's the, that's the PT pick of the day. That's the PT pick of the week. You got really, to really remind me when we bring that back because I, I do have some uh, sound bites that I used to use for another, uh, another kind of a uh, gambling segment that we had on a show back way back in the day that I wanted to put together for uh, when you do bring that segment back. I have a special open for it, kind of like the – the Ask Yates type open. Well, I, I I'll get it back when I get some confidence back in my picks. Went on a little cold streak there. Oh, don't go, but, don't go, don't go, Dexter. Uh, whatever his name is, Miles on me. Don't don't go throw out predictions and go hide in the bathroom hiding, stall. I, I owe it to you all to if I'm going to come out here and give you all advice on on gambling or picks, I want to be good. And, and but I I feel great about the Duke one. So knowing that they're probably not going to win, so keep an eye on that. But. No, in all honesty, I, I think Duke rolls over Utah. But but back to Notre Dame, it'll be a tougher matchup for UK. But you look against you look at against teams that kind of key in on defense, and Notre Dame hasn't been overly impressive. Uh, the Virginia game is the one that really stands out, and I think Kentucky's better defensively than Virginia is. They were held to fifty six points. Uh, the Louisville game was a weird one. That one was at the Yum Center, and and. Louisville, that, that was debatably one of Louisville's worst games of the season. Just could never get comfortable for whatever reason. So Louisville's defense couldn't really lock in on them. But only only scoring 60 points against Duke, despite that game being at Duke and it kind of just being a throwaway game after the first 10 minutes, Duke's defense is terrible. So if you can only put 60 up on them, I think that's a cause for concern. Uh, and then, you know, Butler's a good defensive team, a team that keys in on defense, 67 points in overtime in the NCAA tournament. So I think Kentucky's going to be able to – I don't think Notre Dame's going to be able to get in the 80s in this game. But it, it'll, be the, it'll be the toughest matchup Kentucky's had in quite some time. I'll say that much. So we'll, we'll talk more about that game later in the show. A lot of job openings, a lot of people getting fired, Trevor. Out of, out of the openings that are current – if you were an up-and-coming head coach, which one would you be most attracted to? Uh, and and let, let me get this out there in case I didn't miss somebody getting uh, laid off recently. I'm thinking it was Arizona State, uh, Tennessee, and St. John's. Uh, the, St. John's, the- Alabama. Uh, yeah, and, and obviously Tennessee job opened up. They fired Donnie Tindell. Am I, after am I missing anybody? After NCAA, it didn't look good. Steve Lavin just recently fired from St. John's. 
I, I'm sure we are missing somebody, <laughs> but they're not better but, than those five. <laughs> but off the top of, of the top of my head, those are those are the ones that are really jumping out. Uh, that being said, ooh, I tell you, I tell you right now, it's a tie between Tennessee and Arizona State. Uh, I'd probably, if it was my career decision, I'd probably lean towards Arizona State slightly due to the lack of pressure I could get with not winning right away. But I think the best job would maybe be Tennessee. Interesting. All of them kind of have their pros and cons, and, and some of their pros could be really great, and some of their cons could be really bad. I'm almost inclined to, and this is crazy, because again, you can make a case for all of them. I'm almost inclined to say Arizona State. You get out there, you get to the Pac-12. The Pac-12's been terrible lately. Arizona's had a monopoly on it now for a few years since the UCLA days. Uh the, UC, the the most recent UCLA days. You do you know, live that, in their shadow, but Arizona State's a, had, is a school well, yeah. where you don't have to win right away. Not that any of those schools are going to expect you to win right away, but I think it's easy. You have a better chance of winning sooner at Arizona State because, like you just mentioned, the Pac-12, with the exception of really Arizona, no disrespect to UCLA, they have some talent, but it's pretty wide open. It's wide open. Arizona State is a, a big school. They've got a, a big athletic department. Uh, if you got things rolling there, the fans would follow – Again, the Pac-12 is not a lot of competition. There's always good players out there on the West Coast. Arizona State, probably one of the most fun universities to attend. I think that it could be appealing. And you're playing out in the desert. You're, you know, what 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 high school kid would not want to go spend a year or two there partying and having a good time while also playing basketball? Uh, they could they could clean up on West Coast kids. I think that would be one of the most uh, appealing jobs. Tennessee has a, a huge basketball arena. They get behind their team when they're good. Uh, SEC, again, not great. You've only really got to worry about Kentucky. Arkansas is on the fringe. Florida, obviously, has been good over the past few years. Alabama, I, I could. you got a nice stadium. You have a huge fan base where if you're good, fans will follow. You don't have the pressure of having to win right away because you live in football shadow. That could also be a bad thing because you're never going to obviously overtake Alabama football. Alabama's and no John's, man's land. And then St. John's, if you – if you can get some of that Northeast talent to stay home, the Big East is certainly wide open. So that could be an appealing job, too. And on the flip side, a lot of kids don't want to stay home and go to St. John's. So there's well, plus and minuses about all of them. If I It'll was enticing you with a party school with, with in some of the, the people I know, some of the young ladies I know went to Arizona State, that's just a tip of the iceberg of what they offer. Or come to New York where it's cold and it's, it's damp and it's St. John's in the middle of a city. Gee, I wonder what eighteen-year-old kid's going to pick. Which one he's going to pick between the two? Well, if you grew up in New York City and you want to stay home, no reason and, to go away. <laughs> no, well, a lot of them do, but that's also because St. John's has stunk the last few years. But if you grew up in St. John, if you grew up in New York City, if you grew up in Brooklyn, you want to stay home. This new LeBron James go home movement, it could work if you got a cool coach up there. You know, you know, a coach I think would kill it at St. John's. Who's that? Kenny Payne at UK. Really, and, what, and explain to me how. Because Kenny Payne is a great recruiter. Show your he work. Is, he he is John Calipari's best recruiter. Uh, even when Orlando and Teague was there, it was those two were debatably one and two. But I think Kenny Payne, based on players that I've talked to before or during and after, he seems to be one of the better assistants. John Robick, what I've been told, is the best assistant in terms of teaching and learning. But Kenny Payne's not far behind, and you mix that. With his recruiting skills, he's a, he's a cool coach. Kids would want to play for him. 
I think you put him in New York, he could. I think he could do a really good job. Now, I'm not saying he'd make St. John's a national title contender year in and year out, but I think he could certainly do a much better job than Steve Lavin. I think he'd get a lot of those three- and four-star kids up there to stay home, and those are really good kids. The Northeast is probably the most uh, the richest in terms of basketball talent. I think he'd do a great – Kenny Payne's not going to be on U.K. staff next year. I'm, just I'm really surprised St. John's – departed way. I don't know if they, I know it was a mutual depart part ways decision or because I'm kind of surprised Steve Labin's gone. I mean, I know he hasn't been maybe he hasn't won, won a tournament game. He's been to two tournaments in five years, but I mean, let's Norm Roberts left that place a, a utter shambles and he took him right to the tournament the first year. He's won 20 games, three of his five years. And the only year he had a losing record, I believe, wasn't he out for most of the year with an illness or and didn't even coach, so I mean, I was kind of su- surprised he this he this this move happened. That was the one that maybe surprises me the most. Uh, names that you're hearing for St. John's, Richard Patino, possibly. Wouldn't that be something? That would be and it sounds Steve like Masiello. perfect uh, story, doesn't it? <laughs> that, that those would be interesting hires. Captain Arctic, who lives out in Arizona, says Arizona State's a huge sleeping giant. They have everything here. No one's been able to make it work, though. And supposedly the athletic department, the AD out there, they all kind of stink. And, and, you know, football is just now starting to maybe turn the corner, starting to be kind of a, a, one of the cooler schools out west. There's no reason basketball can't, can't be that as well, but uh, it'll be interesting to see all how that happens. Arizona State's claim to fame is the fact that they gave Steve Fisher his only championship because they took Michigan's coach right before the tournament started in 1989. There you go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. Uh, Kentucky, again, beats West Virginia a game where everything went the Caps' way. Uh, Devin Booker got started, which I, hey, I, it was a good day for me on the show yesterday in terms of predictions. Uh, he, he was able to hit a few threes again of most players on UK. Got, played well, played great. Uh, Devin Booker ended up with 12 points, hitting two threes. Didn't miss a few, but that's okay. I think he just needed to see a few go in. Uh, and then also, Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I said that he was a guy not a lot of people were talking about, and I kind of felt that he might have a bad game. Sure enough, doesn't hit a field goal. Finishes it with one point. So UK's top draft pick on this year's team, which is currently undefeated if you hadn't heard, finishes the game with one point. Two rebounds, a turnover, and four fouls. Very Wayne Blackshear-like stat line. He stole my joke, by the way. (laughs) Kentucky wins by 39 points. 39 points. Another thing, Trevor, Kentucky didn't get in the 80s, and you beat a team by 39 points. I would love to know how many times that has happened where a team hasn't scored in the 80s, and they've been able to win by nearly 40. In the shot clock era, probably very limited and less than a handful. You probably it, have to go back to like the maybe the forties, thirties, fifties, even maybe sixties. UCLA domination, Lou Alcindor days, when that would happen. It's it's crazy to think about, uh, but I, just right from the tip off, it was a beat down. And speaking of Wayne Blackshear, he actually had a really good quote today. Uh, he hasn't had the best career at Louisville, and there's always he's always left something to be desired for Louisville fans. He was asked today, and I would love to know the reporter that asked this, do you feel Kentucky is getting too cocky with being so close to undefeated? Which is such a stupid question to ask. I mean, what do you want Wayne Blackshear to say? Anyways, but what he said was perfect. He said, no, not at all. I mean, I don't understand that question. It has nothing to do with me or my team. I guess you guys just want a soundbite to enhance the rivalry story. But I have high respect for those guys. I know a lot of them, 
and they've always shown me great respect as well, including Coach Calipari. I mean, I saw, I've seen, I, I mean, I have saw nothing cocky from them. They are a great group of guys who conduct themselves with dignity. I saw some of the comments from West Virginia players. So if those guys want to respond, then I think they should. But I hopefully worry about Kentucky April 6th. And right now I want to talk about NC State. So I want to get to the guys who can ask a real question. That is a power move from Fat Wayne. <laughs> the biggest mistake that reporter did was he asked, he asked a senior veteran that question, unlike a freshman at West Virginia who gave the, the sound bites that everyone, we've all talked about. You should have. I'm not saying little, I'm not saying Quentin Snyder or another little freshman would have made a worse answer or a similar West Virginia answer, but you probably should go after one of those guys if you're going to ask a trap question like that and try to to put them in a pigeonhole and them into a a uh, uncomfortable situation. Wayne Blackshear's been around. This is in his first rodeo. You're not going to do that no, to him. No, it's not. And and he knew exactly where to go with that question. And I'm sorry, but again, I want to. I'm going to find out who the reporter was, but. What makes you think Kentucky has been cocky this season? If you're 37-0, how can you not be slightly cocky in any way? I mean, you, if, you, if you're not being cocky in some way, doesn't it just make you sound like you're you're talking down to everyone around you, like that we don't know you're good? I mean, you're like, oh, you know, if you just give us the same cliches like your nuclear loose or something? I mean, Trust me, a, a person that's covered this team, they're like robots. Kentucky did a great job of training them to stay humble and not give <laughs> – out great sound bites. Now, after UK won, some of the players, Devin Booker tweeted out 36 and 1, but 36 or 1 spelled W O N, uh, which was funny. And, and Andrew, Andrew Aaron tweeted, uh, I guess I, I played hard or something along those lines. They, those were shots back. But to say this Kentucky team has been cocky, it could be a lot worse. And guess what? Going into last night's Sweet 16 game, Trevor. One team guaranteed a win, and it wasn't the team that has won every game this season. It could be a lot worse. So I need to find out who that reporter was because that was silly. That was a very silly question, but a great response from Wayne Blackshear. We're going to talk about Louisville's game with NC State. Cat Barber's been a little bit cocky, uh, but we're going to have a commercial break right now. So stick around here on a short version of the Sports Talk around 1450, the Sports Buzz. We'll be back. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Speaking of intros and outros, where was the where was my outro yesterday, Trevor? Where was my out song? I was so frustrated because of the computer freezing and not allowing me to, to play my pumped-up music. Yates asked me the same question last night. He called me and asked me this. And I told him the same answer. Uh, I was so frustrated by that that I was I was determined to get one more pumped up song volume, kind of pumped up music song into the show. So I closed with a a one of those songs, which was "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi, which doesn't get you pumped up. I don't know what's wrong with you. 
Uh, so I went with that instead of your usual. That was a uh, creative decision I made on the fly. You know, if Kentucky would have lost last night, we wouldn't be doing radio shows together, right? <laughs> because because I because I would be singing uh, Country Road in a different uh, version than your opening show, segment uh, all show, or because I jinxed you by uh, playing a different wrong outro on the game day. You jinxed me, although I'm just kidding. I, again, I don't believe in karma and jinxes. I do, and if that's the case as a little fan, I'd, I'd end every show with living on a prayer for the rest of my life. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I want to. I wanted to bring this up, and I don't like to salivate over coaches or players or anything like that. Uh, I, I try to be unbiased and level-headed, and you know, I know that doesn't work out all the time. But what John Calipari has been able to do the last decade is nothing short of amazing, and the fact that he's talked about generally in a negative light is frustrating and flat out wrong if you, if you have the record and the accomplishments that he has and you give that over to coach k or roy williams or bill self everybody is freaking out about how dominant they've been both john calipari doesn't get quite the same amount of hype although he still gets the best recruits here in europe Eight Elite Eights in the last 10 years, Trevor. And obviously that goes back to some Memphis, plenty of, some of his Memphis days, but eight Elite Eights in 10 years. That means you're winning three tournament games, which is, it's hard to win one tournament game. Ask Tom Crean. <laughs> Ask Tom Steve, Green's La- been Steve Ladman might still be at St. John's if he'd won one of those two tournament games. Tom Green's been to zero Elite Eights for comparison's sake. Well, no, he went with Marquette. You mean with Indiana? Well, I, I mean at Indiana, okay. Trevor. Just making sure. Obviously, I know he went to an Elite Eight at Marquette. Well, you, you, can, to, you, you, concluded, you included Memphis with uh, Cal's numbers, so I was just making sure. Okay, well, if you want to do it career-wise, is that the only one he's been to, Tom Green at Marquette? Oh, with yeah. Dwayne Wade? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if he went to one before then. but He hasn't had, uh, another, he he hasn't had another Hall of Famer on his roster yet to get him there. You can include that where if Tom Tom Crean has one Elite Eight in 10, 12, 15 years, however long he's been at Marquette, or was at Marquette plus Indiana, John Calipari eight in the last 10 years. It is really, really hard to get to an Elite Eight. Really hard. It's hard to get to a Sweet 16. It's really hard to get to a Final Four, and if John Calipari can win one more game, if they can beat Notre Dame on Saturday night then he will have been to more Final Fours than he has SEC championships. You'll have been to more Final Fours than not going to the seasons at UK without a Final Four. It'd be four Final Fours with two years that he didn't go. That's unbelievable to think about what he's how dominant he's been at Kentucky. Now the, the the only bummer, the only downside is he's got one national title to show for it. And at the end of the day at Kentucky, that's really what you're judged for. Crazy to me to think, Trevor, while I was growing up, when I started to learn things about life and started to be able to, you know, play basketball and really appreciate it, watch it on TV, talk trash with my friends. Kentucky didn't go to a Final Four from 1998 to 2011. All during that span of me growing up. 
grade school, middle school, or elementary school, middle school, high school. And then John Calipari takes over. And now they've been to three on the verge of going to four if they can beat Notre Dame. What he's been able to do, and again, I don't, I don't like to do this. I don't like to just praise one person and, and sit there because it comes off as, you know, it's kind of sickening. But you've, you've, you almost have to take a step back and, and appreciate what he's been able to do. Even if you're not a Kentucky fan, just uh, how dominant he's been. Probably, is it safe to, I mean, not say, it's, it is safe to say, but more, most dominant runs since Duke's Final Four runs of the late 80s, early 90s, where they went to eight Final Fours in nine years. Yeah, it's... Since then, I can't think of anybody. I mean, UCLA went to... Did they go to three straight Final Fours, wasn't it, I think? Didn't UCLA? Win one? Yeah. In, two, uh, in the 2000s? Yeah, did they go to three straight Final Fours, I think? They went to two straight national or two straight Final Fours. I can think of that. Yeah, they lost I, both title games. But I thought they went to one other Final Four and didn't lost in semis. I might be incorrect. I'll have to double check. But it's, I can just think of those two. I was saying one. Maybe no. I don't. I, I'm not. A, I'm not 100 percent sure. Would have to look that up. But it, it, I mean, it is just an unbelievable run. Yes, it was three straight Final Fours. By the way. Who so oh six oh seven and then oh six yeah they lost in the uh, lost in the final uh, national final in oh six national semifinal in oh seven and oh eight so they only made the finals once to get the year lost to Ohio State or not Ohio State I mean not Florida I'm sorry excuse me interesting uh, but you know that was a that's an unbelievable run and and what Patino and and Patino did at Kentucky and then Tubby Smith kind of finishing it off that little run in the mid to late nineties was really impressive. And had John Calipari been doing all of this at Kentucky, I think this would certainly be in the same conversation, although I still think what he's been able to do at Kentucky has been very impressive. But him as a coach, as an individual, it's almost more impressive for him to be able to go to one program and then to the next and not even skip a beat. It's the, I said this last year, and you know, as long as Kentucky keeps winning, I'm going to keep saying it, it's the, gold, it's the golden age of Kentucky basketball. Not to rub the salt in Memphis's wounds, but uh, he, it's not hard to skip a beat kind of when you take all your recruits that you were going to have that year at Memphis with you to Kentucky. A uh, Memphis team probably would have been better than his UK team. Despite having Patrick Patterson, they would have gotten all those same recruits. Memphis was returning some good players. They would have gotten Xavier Henry, who ended up going to Kansas, didn't come to Kentucky. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> uh, he, got, he was on the Lakers there for a little bit, and I still think he's in the NBA, he's if I'm not mistaken. He's getting paid, uh, overpaid to play basketball somewhere. He is. Uh, if he goes to the Kentucky, I think that Kentucky team wins the title. If Jody Meek stays, then th- this is not that that Kentucky team in 2010 goes 40 0 if Jody Meek stays. I mean, they do. They don't lose a game. What, 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 what bothers you more as a Kentucky fan to play the what if game? Jody Meeks had come back in 2010 or Derek Anderson 100% healthy in 97? Well, it's. it's it's tough to pick against Anderson because that's that's not as big as a hypothetical. You know, if he's healthy, Kentucky probably wins the title easily. I find it hard to say easily, but I, I mean, I understand them winning the title, yes. They likely win the title. And my buddy and I were talking last night, most painful John Calipari losses at UK. And he said the 2010 West Virginia won without a doubt. And I, and I said, but, you know, how can you... 
yes, I get that, and I, you know, there's probably no wrong answer, and it's a personal opinion question. But anything that directly takes away a national title, I, I think, should be the worst loss. So I, I think the national title loss last year should be the worst loss. And then even furthermore, the 2011 loss to UConn in the Final Four. If Kentucky wins that, they're not losing to Butler in the title game. So that probably would have meant a title. And yes, likely in 2010, Kentucky would have had a great chance to win the national championship. But he still would have had to beat a Duke team that was surging. And then again, Butler. I think Kentucky would have had no problem with Butler. But that Butler team had three NBA players on it. Uh, so, you know... That's why I picked the 97 and your hypothetical, just because I, I think that directly results to a title. Now, in my opinion, 2010 with Jody Meeks, they don't lose a game, but that's not as cut and dry. Some other games tonight, Sweet 16 games, I, I think we're just going to have a bunch of stinkers tonight. Last night was really exciting. Wisconsin <laughs> probably should have lost. Arizona probably should have lost. Uh, they both were able to squeak out wins. Kentucky, West Virginia was just... Uh, a, a beatdown, so that wasn't so much an exciting game. And, and Wichita-Notre Dame was a good game. You look at that score and you see Notre Dame won by 11, but it really was just, it was really back and forth besides two runs by Notre Dame. Wichita State able to come back in one of them, not able to come back in the second run. Uh, but that was a fun game, too. I don't think we're going to be so lucky tonight. UCLA-Gonzaga, it could be interesting. I don't think it will be, and I don't really care. UCLA is not fun to watch. Gonzaga is, but doesn't really do it for me. NC State-Louisville is probably going to be the game of the night, along with Michigan State-Oklahoma. I don't see Utah keeping up with Duke. They don't have anything in the interior. And yes, Utah's backcourt is good, but I think you're, they're going to— and I disagree with you. I'm all in on Duke's backcourt. Now, I think they have their problems. They can't play with overly athletic backcourts. Devon Wright can be a, a overly athletic, and don't don't count out Utah. Utah's got a seven footer, the Jake Polel guy. He's I mean, I'm not. I'm counting. I'm counting them out. I'm counting out Utah. Projected first round draft pick by some some draft I'm express. Counting them out. They don't stand a chance. The five point spread is almost unbelievable. Friendly friendly uh, handshake uh, wager on that game. Get you give me five points. It doesn't have to be so friendly, but yeah, we can we can do we can do a friendly handshake wager. Okay, that's, we'll, we'll that's just, we don't want to discuss uh, cash uh, I, for tax I, reasons I'm over the air. Talking about more so, <laughs> you know, meals. We could do we could bet some candy on it. Okay, uh, but those are so I'll go Gonzaga, Louisville. We didn't get to talk as much about Louisville as I would have liked. Uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. I, I, I think it's a lot of Louisville fans I've talked to are really confident. And I guess you should be because it's an eight seed. Still a good NC State team. I think that one's going to be close. Come down to the wire. It should be a fun game to watch. I need Oklahoma to win for my bracket's sake. So come on, Boomer Sooner. Do it. Kentucky, Notre Dame. I like Kentucky to win. Uh, that one will be a little bit higher scoring, maybe in the 60s, maybe the 70s, but more likely the 60s. And hopefully, chance we could be talking about a, maybe another Kentucky-Louisville Final Four, both teams involved. We'll see. It's crazy. It's crazy. Next time we're in the air, there's, a, there's also a chance that Basketball season in the Commonwealth could be over. Who knows? Uh, that's the fun thing about March Madness. I don't think that'll be the case. Thanks for listening today. We're out of time. Short show. Uh, enjoy the college basketball tonight. Enjoy the college basketball on Saturday. And hopefully for Louisville fans, you're also playing on Sunday. Should be a fun weekend here on 1450. The Sports Buzz. We'll see you on Monday. I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the bill to BG in my zone Let me hear you say high time sitting by
never tell me how to run my life When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right on oh. High time, sitting by the river Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor Say it's time to take a trip to where the grass is blue And peep how the mid-south do Come on It's okay, hop in with your boys to the river And we taking the back